Hello, and welcome to Silicon Valley Beat. I'm Annie Gauss. Well, it's that kind of day. I've got two layoffs and a liquidation story for you, plus some call-ins. But let's start with SoundCloud. You know, the other streaming service that's not Pandora, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or Google Music. Well, it's a rough day for SoundCloud. They're cutting 40% of their staff and closing offices in a major overhaul. Now, SoundCloud has a headquarters in Berlin, but also has an office in San Francisco that will be completely closed following this move, along with one in London that will also be shutting its doors. Alex Jung, the company's CEO, wrote that we need to ensure our path to long-term independent success in a blog post today about these layoffs. He added that the cuts put the company on a profitable path and that they've doubled revenue in the past year, though he wasn't too specific about where exactly that's coming from. Now, some more background. SoundCloud has about 175 million listeners and is known and appreciated by many in the music and podcasting business for its independent content. But its content and business model is totally unlike any other streaming services. Now, they do have a paid tier, but most of their content is free, and the subscription service that they launched has not exactly been a hit. And in January, in fact, the company said that they were in danger of running out of money. At one point, SoundCloud considered a sale to Twitter or Spotify, but those deals never materialized. And now they're cutting more than 170 employees and closing those offices that I mentioned. It is still possible that they could be acquired by a company like Apple Music, for example, who rumor has it was or is considering making an offer. But in the bigger picture, it's never been more obvious just how hard the streaming business can be. Pandora is also in the midst of financial struggles with its CEO and president leaving the company and board the other week. Sirius XM has a 19% stake in Pandora now, and they've been kind of running the show for at least a few weeks. You know, it's so easy to criticize these companies who start out one way and then find difficulty in adapting to new consumer habits and tech standards, but that's also part of what makes this channel fun. So on that note, let's hear from business and tech news. Thanks for the call-in. And up next, some lighter stuff, just a little company liquidation. That's all. Back in a sec. Yeah, honestly, I don't even know um, why Pandora really exists still because um, I'm pretty sure that everyone agrees that um, all of the other streaming services do the same thing for free and, you know, on a freemium model. So they'll do the exact same thing for free with about the same sorts of ads and then they have the, po- the possibility to do a lot of other things. I don't understand how Pandora even has a business model um, at this point that anyone would care about. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Uh, talk to you later. Bye. The company Jawbone is probably best known for wearables. They made a fitness tracker that at one point competed with Fitbit for market share and intellectual property in a court case that has dragged on for years. But Jawbone is actually about 17 years old. They were founded in 1999, and initially Jawbone made speakers, including one called the Jambox, before eventually switching over to primarily focusing on wearables. Now, after all those years, it's all over for Jawbone. They're not selling, they're not pivoting, they're just dissolving the company. 
Over the years, Jawbone has raised an estimated $900 million some dollars, and just in 2015, they raised $300 million in financing from BlackRock. Eventually, though, by the way, they entered into a dispute with BlackRock, reportedly because they wanted them to sell the company, but Jawbone refused. Now, Jawbone has suffered in the face of competitors in the wearables market. It's been a rough few years. Namely, Fitbit and Apple are tending to dominate the space. And Jawbone has also been involved in a trade secret theft dispute with Fitbit for years. And on the whole, really, the wearables market is also just shrinking. For example, sales of smartwatches sunk as much as 50% between 2015 and 2016. All told, a challenging situation. And as a matter of fact, Jawbone has stopped selling consumer products for some time, and their customer service accounts and their CEO, Hossein Rahman, have been pretty much silent for some time. So, weird conclusion to this company's 17-year history. But in the ashes of Jawbone, a new company has formed called Jawbone Health Hub, completely separately and with completely separate unnamed investors. This company will be focused on clinical applications of the wearable and IoT expertise at Jawbone, and they also may be trying to recruit some of Jawbone's employees to work at this new, not so subtly named entity. It's not clear yet what, if any, technology specifically will be transferred to this new entity, but I'll keep you posted on anything I hear. Thanks for listening. This is Silicon Valley Beat. Finally, a follow-up to the rumors from last week that Microsoft is laying off a chunk of their sales force. The update is that, yep, it's confirmed. Microsoft is cutting thousands of jobs in an ongoing shift to the cloud side of their business. Microsoft officially confirmed the company reorg this week, and that includes axing 10% of the company's total sales force. That amounts to thousands of job cuts, they said, and 75% of them outside of the U.S. Now, Microsoft has about 71,000 employees within the U.S. and about 121,000 around the globe. So it's a relatively small number of cuts in the grand scheme. And they said their goal isn't to cut costs, but rather to refocus their sales group to cloud-oriented strategies, specifically around Azure, which is their cloud services product that competes primarily with Amazon Web Services and also Google's cloud business too. A spokesperson said, quote, like all companies, we evaluate our business on a regular basis. This can result in increased investment in some places and from time to time, redeployment in others. And when you look at the big picture of what Microsoft is doing, this is no shocker. They say their sales of Azure jumped 93% in the first quarter of this year, although they're still way behind Amazon Web Services in this category. Amazon is totally dominant in the services category, but Microsoft says that they're starting to catch up. In any any case, the new sales org has their work cut out for them. They've been touting their cloud business for a while now, even well before Satya Nadella took over in 2014. So wrapping up with a comment from Jonathan in Orlando on how far back this goes. Thank you to everyone listening for tuning into the channel. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Silicon Valley Beat. I'm Annie Gauss. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Jonathan Martinez calling in. I'm really loving the Silicon Valley Beat. Love tuning into this station. Really informative. 
I kind of saw that Microsoft layoff coming. They've been building out Azure for a long time. The first time I seen it was like in uh, 2012. I was still going to college and I met this guy named Blaine Barton that works there. And they, they were really all about moving everything to the cloud. And these past few years, everything's been moving to the cloud. Every kind of software is moving to the cloud. So kind of seen that one coming right there. Really good stuff.